I need more human interaction. Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It's lunchtime in Rome. Tonight, we have episode 163, entitled Abby Her. What is the perspective like of a 10-year-old growing up with an increasing knowledge of emotional needs? What's it like being the youngest in a family that tries to practice healthy emotional responding in a world that desperately needs this understanding, even in the world of a 10-year-old? We'll be discussing all of this and more tonight at the table, so please pull up a chair and join us. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you could take our relational needs questionnaire and make sure to follow us on all social media, and it'd be great if you can give us a five-star review. Lex, Hmm. what specifically is this podcast about? Being alone is the worst. Good times aren't as good and bad times are worse when you are all alone. Romans twelve fifteen says to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from being alone and what this podcast is all about. We demonstrate that in the first 15 minutes of the podcast and talk about it for the rest. So while it may not be 1215 in Rome, we're treating it like it is lunchtime in Rome. Hey, everybody. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. So it's a little different around the table this week. A little different. We have uh, three hers. Yes, we do. Three hers. I'm, I'm the, the odd man out for a different reason than, than normal this week. I'm Normally, sure. it's just because I'm odd. Yeah. Now it's... I'm sure you've got a lot to say, though, too. I mean... I do have a lot to say. Yeah. It's been... It's been a big did week. You, were Two you weeks. guys on last week? Yeah, we did. Okay. We did belonging. You could tell I... No, I, I, I did not listen. I was on vacation still. <laughs> so, okay. so I did not belong last week. I belong. You know where I belonged? You belonged on the beach. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, my family was still in Ocracoke. Never heard of it. And um, we had a great time. We had a, a two-week vacation this year. I think it's our second time doing that. And you just get to meld into it. You mm-hmm. know? Like, you just... Uh. But... <laughs> There were some things like as good as a beach vacation is, right? And you're just you're there, you're away from home. You're just, you know, your physical surroundings are just beautiful and different and and um obviously it's it's summer, it's hot, it's it the water feels great. There were a lot of interesting things that that happened to us um along the way. So, uh I want to talk a little bit about some of our our speed bumps tonight. We can't wait to hear. So, one thing, and we kind of knew this heading into it, although it has, I don't want to get into detail with family involved, but like it's sort of expanded into a bigger deal than it was going to be. Amy's dad had a, a foot and ankle surgery the very day we were leaving on vacation. And so he knew that ahead of time and we knew it ahead of time. And we were, you know, all in discussion of what do we, is this going to work? Like, should we postpone the surgery or how? Mm-hmm. No, no, he was going to be fine. Everything was going to be fine. And he is fine. So that's, well, that's that part is good. Um, did, did you guys go to Titusville before? Because uh, some, don't you guys sometimes go up to Titusville and then start the trip? We did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's where we left for that that very same day. Gotcha. So, um, but so that part went really well. Although he's still recuperating and and um, having to go through like rehab and, and that sort of stuff for his surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, not back at home yet, which we didn't realize was going to happen. So. Mm unfortunately that part of what that meant was amy had to deal amy being you know the closest relative and and just sort of his his, the the point of contact and your wife um, and and she's also my wife Mm -hmm. uh thank my lucky stars every day (laughs) she um had a lot of sort of the business end of that to deal with on vacation so there were several phone calls and things like so so she wasn't able to relax as as much as she would have liked for that reason. Yeah, but, it, it really is nice to go away and just kind of have every little thing tied up and just right. kind of wall yourself off from the outside world. And the funny thing is, like, I thought it was mu- as much as you can. Like, you right. can't predict right. everything, Absolutely. right? But I tried so hard this year to, like, okay, I'm going to make sure everything is set in the mm-hmm. house just for, like, even when we return. And all the right. all the bills are paid, all the, the loose ends are tied up. Like, it's all going to just be not only... 
a nice relaxing vacation, but a nice re-entry when right. you get home. You don't want to be like yeah. slapped in the face by all the the stuff that you has been put off. You yeah. know, referee entries are not a great way to end your vacation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The older I get, I feel like the more I think about that. Yeah, like what's this right. going to be like when I it's come almost back? as much a part of the vacation, <laughs> <laughs> right? But yeah, we started our adventure in Titusville to drop our dog off with um, at my mom's. And, um, that's all great. And that, that part of the trip was fine. And, um, but just like a lot of, I mean, you could call them little things, but just a lot of annoyances, mm -hmm. um, along the way. And, and Amy tended to think, you know, these are in, instead of, cause we, we got to the point where we're like, okay, we can drown in all these like little yeah. things that keep little happening. Paper cuts. Yes. Yeah. Or we can just realize, okay, that's all they are. Yeah, like this is this, you know, this just little, little pebbles that you're that you're you know slipping on a little bit. It's not like a landslide. Mm -hmm. Um, but for example, she and Ben both got stung by wasps slash hornets on the trip. So there's that the little thing, and, and I yeah, you were telling me the Joe Mitlow. Yeah, and yeah, Eric. Uh, before right before vacation, I think he said he got stung. Well, They're out in the backyard. Force. Amy did. Yeah. yeah, when they came back, right. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody's getting stung. Yeah. Except for uh, me. So yeah. And knock on. Guys. And this is, by the way, this, this is table's wood. real wood. So Huntsman projects. Feel free to knock on. Um. Oh gosh, what else happened? Uh, you kayaked. So what's that? You were kayaking. Oh, are you still talking about the little things? The little... Oh, you yeah, know the kayaking was great. Well, let's talk about uh, good let's points talk about too. Good, yeah. Yeah, we rented kayaks um, this year, two tandems because of course there are four of us, and neither Lily nor Amy is interested in like being in a in a kayak on their own mm, right okay. so so both of them want to be in a tandem and that's so that's basically how we split it up Ben and I were like we each had a kayak and we sort of actually sometimes Amy was me with me sometimes Lily was with me and that's and fun. vice versa yeah. but yeah it's a great place to like like you're you're for those of you who don't know, the Outer Banks of North Carolina, that's they're, they're islands pretty much, right? So on the inside, you have the sound, which is very calm water, and that's where, where you would kayak. So it's not like we were kayaking in the waves and mm -hmm. in, the, in the rough ocean. But um, yeah, lots of like little sound side beaches and things you could stop at and like just yeah. little things to explore. And so it was, that was very cool. A different perspective because you guys go down to Ocracoke quite a bit. And so that, that would probably be just, you know, Hey, I'm seeing the Island in yeah. a little bit of a different way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Lily, um, it, she laughed at this line. Like I thought it sounded perfectly normal. I said, I love seeing the water from the water. Uh -huh. She thought that was the most ridiculous thing. But yeah, it's like yeah, a different perspective. Is, yeah. Like, well, not mm -hmm. only the water, but I guess you're seeing the land yep. from a different perspective too. But just, I would love to like just look out and all you can see is water because the sound there is really wide, like mm -hmm. over 20 miles wide. So you're, you're not seeing mainland, you know, like it is just, you're out there. It is amazing how just so, those subtle things, those, those little ways of seeing something differently can make you see it so differently. Like I remember being uh, golfing up at Alcoma Country Club or, you know, it was Three Lakes yeah. at the time here in Penn Hills. I've lived in Penn Hills all my life, but I'd never been on that course. Um, and I just remember being out on that course and looking around going, this is Penn Hills. Like I've never yeah. seen it like this before. Or I remember the first time I went to PNC Park. And seeing the city, the the skyline like yeah. that, I was like, this is awesome. It's like a whole different city. Right. It's so, framed up so perfectly there. Yeah. yeah. So for you guys to be have gone to that, you know, to Ocracoke so many times, but to be able to get that kind of a different view, that kind of a different vibe, that's that's really cool. And to do it as a family all together mm -hmm. is very cool too. Yeah, and we had some really good family times. Like that that all that part of it was really great. But um yeah, little things eh, kept happening. On the way home, our van hmm. Uh, uh, busted a leak, I guess, in the exhaust. Uh, Turned into a street rod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I said it sounded like a like we were firing up like an F three fifty or a monster <laughs> truck every time we started the car. It was boom. You you fired it up outside of Jay's last night. I was like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, I saw is you that, poke your head out. Is that the neighbor's on his motorcycle? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. We're getting it looked at tomorrow, but it was. It happens on your ride home from vacation, so of course you're like already in unfamiliar mm -hmm. territory. Yeah, and okay, what do we do? Now, we had already planned to spend the night in Fayetteville, North Carolina, because we're visiting Amy's sister um, and her husband. And so we already, we, we had that. So we're like, okay, well, that's good that it happened mm -hmm. close to here, right? So, but in the morning, we got to figure it out. Well, we take it to a mechanic. And of course, it, we don't have an appointment and the whole thing. And we're waiting and waiting. And then the verdict comes back that it is going to be like a really expensive repair. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be 
um, a day to order the part, yeah, yeah. and then after that, it's going to be like a day to repair. So we're like, we can't do yeah. all that. We can't mm-hmm. spend all that time. Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Thankfully, he was like, well, you can, you know, it's it. Hopefully, it won't get worse on your way back to Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's, you know, it's loud, but right. it's you're not going to pass out from carbon monoxide poisoning. Right. It wasn't right. that bad, but it was it was just more annoying than yeah. than it was dangerous. Um. So, yeah. So, we drove home. It was a little loud, but it was doable. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, so there's the annoyance factor sure. versus, you know, it's the pebble, not the avalanche. Right. So, all right. So, we, you know, got my guy to take a look at it tomorrow morning. We'll see. Hopefully, he's got a little cheaper answer as far as the repair work. And we're back home. What's the update on Tessie? Because <laughs> for those of you <laughs> right. that don't know, Tessie's Chris's Tesla and um somebody rear-ended them uh what about a week before vacation yep and uh really just destroyed the back end of that car yeah that was a big pebble yeah that that was was a big pebble yeah that was a big one but uh no the update on there is there's very little update they've got the back end off they like the the all the insurance stuff is sort of in place well not sort of it is in place so they can move forward Mm -hmm. so they've taken like it apart they've taken the whole back of the car you know apart but they're waiting for the the new parts to arrive, and some mm-hmm. of them are yeah. like way out, like two months out potentially, like literally yeah. slow boat from China yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. right? So we are going to be without that vehicle for a while. Oh wow, couple months or well, I don't know, month and a half, something like that, couple yeah. months, and um, yeah, and our van, which I got to take in tomorrow hopefully is a quick repair because we're mm. losing yeah right <laughs> we're right, like, right we're gonna be walking everywhere really soon hey i could afford that drives for about 20 minutes <laughs> I, I could lend to you um well that's great that's great that you guys had um even though there were the little annoyances that you guys had a a really nice family time um i'm sure the you know you had fourth of july and, and that was fun down there too right it's and, a fun celebration there they, they do it well yeah. for a tiny little village there's mm-hmm. a nice parade and fireworks and everything yeah we had yeah. a good time um, I've been dealing with a, uh, a swimmer's ear. I've never had an ear infection before, and I noticed it before uh, before our vacation started. Um, you know, two or three weeks ago, I, I noticed something was just off in my ear, and went on vacation. And towards the end of vacation, it really started to get bad. Um, came home, and I had some um, extra amoxicillin from uh, just just lying around, so I, I took a bunch of it for three days. And it, it seemed to clear the infection up, but then um, it was it was last this past Friday and Saturday where it just kind of came raging back. So Ooh. I went in and saw to the <laughs> you angered the uh, yeah. the well, bacteria I, or whatever. Yeah, right, I, <laughs> that's right. Only take it till it feels better. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's what they always that's tell what they always say about <laughs> antibiotics. Never take the full course. But I mean, it wasn't prescribed to me for that anyway. Right, so right. you know, it's kind of wild west. But um, but it came back, so I went and, and got these drops, and I think the drops are making it worse. Like. I, I think today I'm finally starting to see some progress again, but it's it's just been annoying, you know, a little bit of a sore jaw, a little bit of it's not yeah. the inner ear, it's not like the eardrum, it's it's just the canal, but um I've never had something like it before, so you know, it's just annoying. Uh, and I do remember like at the beginning of swimming season like in May, I I, fe- I felt like I kept like having my ear clogged and I kept trying to drain it. Yeah. And then, you know, a month later, I it starts to do this. So, lesson learned, dry my ears. You got to um, do the uh, the Kramer technique from Seinfeld, where he is like bouncing around. What is that? Oh, that's like the last episode of the show, I think. Uh, Spoiler alert! See, I don't, like, he's he's bouncing around. He, they're in that that plane. This is uh, when they almost crashed the plane. And I vaguely remember. All right, well, he's bouncing around like uh-huh. crazy Kramer motion. So you got to try that. Okay, I'll, just I'll not give, in a plane. I'll give not, it a <laughs> I won't do it in a plane. Um, and, and Sunday I had a really good day though. Even even though this this ear infection thing started to kind of pop its head up again. Um, did the two services at church, which was really nice because I hadn't, hadn't, you know, really played live in a couple weeks. And then Eric and I played around a disc golf at the, at the, uh, the church course. And it was just a really nice day. Um, good conditions. He and I had a really nice time. Came home, um, hung out by the pool and Eric and Maggie came over and, uh, our neighbors came over. And then I got to play two hockey games on Sunday night. So it was just a very full day yeah. of really satisfying things. Um, wait, that was all the same day. That was all the same day. Yeah. It was, <laughs> and like, I, I just kept thinking to myself, I'm not getting tired. Like I just, you know, and, and then I came home and just absolutely crashed. But, um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Saturday I, um, hi Lex. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Abby dragged her mom on the uh, this episode too. Yeah, Saturday um I got to 
meet up with a bunch of ladies from work, which um, we had wanted to do a lot more often, but, you know, COVID. Uh, and um, so we hadn't all seen each other in person since, I believe, October of 2019. And you all work from uh, home. Oh, wow. Yeah, we yeah. all work from home. Um, right, sure, okay. And um, actually, two of uh, two of the gr- ladies um, still work for the same company, but they've moved on to other departments. Um, so it was fun for the six of us to get together. And um, we went to G&G's in Vandergrift, um, which I think... Uh, you mentioned I think Jay we've Hedy. talked about it on yeah. the podcast maybe once before. I think Joe may he he and Joe may have gone there. Yeah, but um, we we met up there for breakfast, and the special of the day was Boston cream pie French toast, <laughs> and it right. was incredible. <laughs> so. I was going to ask when you said Jay and Joe if that's one of their famous I, breakfast trips. I think when yeah. they were doing their breakfast circuit that they made it over there at some point. Yeah. I think. Yeah, so it was it was a good time. It was a bit of a hike, um, but we're all so scattered that it was going to be a hike for most of us, no matter where we picked anyway. So, um, so it was it was wonderful. It was fun to catch up with everybody and and um, eat some really good food that was not good for us <laughs> and um, and do that. So, how about you, girl? Did you uh, do anything fun this week? Um, I can't really remember. How about, yes- how about yesterday morning? Where did you go? Oh, I went to the movies with Gigi and Fufu. Yes. And An yes. actual, like, a real live movie theater. Yes. Nice. What did you go see? Yeah. We went to see the new Minions movie. Awesome. Was it good? Yeah. It was really fun. Have you seen them all so far? I'm pretty sure. Which one was your favorite so far? I think um, there's three of them, right? Yeah. Well, are there three minions, or is it Despicable Me, Despicable Me also, or two, or whatever? And then did they branch off? I I don't know. I kind of lost track. Um, or did they make solo min- minion? There movies? is a separate minions movie. I don't know if there's maybe there's only two now. Then yeah, this sure. is at least the second minions movie, yeah. right? Somebody help us out. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I think this is the fourth one because I remember three okay. before this. Okay. Um. But yeah. And then you did some shopping this week, didn't you? This past, um, like within the past yeah. week? Yeah. Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff. We went to Walmart and then Goodwill and I got some good clothes. Um, but you see? like to shop. You like to just explore yeah. the racks I, and I aisles. Yeah. yeah. I know this isn't in the last week, but I heard that you uh, liked uh, hanging out with the older girls at the beach when you went. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we went on walks on the beach and... I went on a walk twice to this coffee shop down at a pier, um, and it was kind of a long walk, but it was good exercise, and there was good coffee, and I got ice cream, and it was fun. Are you a big coffee drinker, Abby? I've started not getting it for a while. But, um, you got to get off of that caffeine. Yeah, but I've started to get it a little bit more often now. Yeah, you went on kind of a refresher kick for a while, huh? Yeah. Got to clean out all those toxins. Yeah. Got to get get let it clean out well, for a while before you, you. That's why you do the walk in the morning. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get everything flowing. Well, now that you all have gotten to hear her voice tonight, we're welcoming Abby to the table. Abby is the sister of Ethan, who you all got to hear at the table before, and is also the daughter of myself and Bri. But more than that, she is a living, breathing force of nature, a fashion icon, a musician, (laughs) an artist, a best friend to those she opens up to, a devoted mom to her feather and fur babies, and she is one of the most self-aware individuals I have ever had the honor to meet. And I am beyond blessed that she calls me friend among many many other names so welcome to the table abby oh, what you. an introduction yeah so talk about your chickens real quick so i hatched them from eggs back in third grade of last year in january i think mm-hmm. and then the teacher let us let some of us take them home and there were only about like eight or nine chickens i think they're like eight or seven um but we brought home three 
and they get along well together, and they're, they've been a fun adventure because we, we've been getting eggs, and they're just fun to, like, play with and stuff. Where did they live when we first brought them home? They lived in my room, <laughs> and I heard a lot of chirps when I was trying to fall asleep and when I was doing my online work. Ah, because that was that year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. lots of online work. Lots of online work, and it started to get a little stinky in your bedroom, huh? Yeah. Because chickens, uh, chickens, <laughs> chickens stink. <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah. Chickens stink. Then we moved them into the garage, and then now they've been living outside for over yeah. a year. Yeah. And then in the winter, it got too cold for them, so we moved them into the shed. Mm-hmm. So what kind of... Uh, that has to be a really satisfying thing to to take these living creatures from an egg to where they are now and producing an their their own one egg a day. Yeah. Yeah. How how have you how have you um, grown? What have you learned by having chickens and being a chicken mama? I've learned a lot of stuff about chickens, but I've learned a lot more responsibility because I have to take care of them. They don't just take care of themselves. I have to, like, feed them. I have to give them water. And I feel like I've just been much more responsible since I got them. Yeah, I would agree. You've done a really good job at at being responsible. Um, And I'm really proud of you for that. Um, You also have an expander in your mouth. so Yeah. um, And you're going to be getting braces. And what do you think about all that? I'm glad that it's going to turn out well in the end. But it's a little annoying. Yeah. Um, no doubt. Because even though I've had it for a while, I'm still having trouble on a couple things, like a couple of sounds. Yeah, it's almost kind of like relearning how to, to speak in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. Now, do you keep that in when you get your braces? Or does that come out and the braces kind of replace that? I'm pretty sure it comes out and... The braces go in. Okay. All right. Um, and to further introduce Abby, I, I, I think one of the things that I, uh, I, of all the different things, I think one of the things I love the most about you is your creativity and your, um, it seems like everywhere you go in any situation you're in, um, you're looking for a way to innovate. You're looking for a way to invent. You're looking for, uh, you know, just some kind of outlet. Like, um, just this morning, um, Abby got, we, we redid Abby's room a couple months ago and got this yeah. really plush carpet. Mm-hmm. And just a couple, or this morning, I wanted to talk to Abby about this, uh, this timeline or this, this outline for what we were going to talk about tonight. And she's sitting there like playing with the carpet, <laughs> putting her finger, you know, putting her hands into it. And it was, it reminded me of one of those things that you see on people's desks at work where like you can put your face in, oh, right. into the spikes. <laughs> Mold different shapes. Yeah. But she's always doing something that, that seems to be creative or, or inventive or thoughtful, which mm-hmm. I really think is awesome about you. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've had so many different colors of mac and cheese in our house <laughs> because, and we've gone through so many boxes of food coloring because you love to, dye your food different colors and cook and um my goodness i think you might have more cookbooks on the shelf that you use regularly than i do yeah ethan thinks dyeing the noodles and stuff is disgusting well ethan also went through his phase when he was younger where i made him green scrambled eggs and purple ice cream so he just went through his phase a little younger than you well it doesn't surprise me when um she is like, Hey, I'm going to bake a cake today. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anything of it. Like, I don't think about her using the stove. I don't right. think about her. Like, is what's this going to turn out like? That's just a normal thing in your house. It's just a normal thing. She mm-hmm. started to crochet, uh, both, mm-hmm. both Lex and Abby started to crochet recently. So you're, you are incredibly inventive and, and creative and, and are always looking for things to express that creativity. Uh, and you're moving this year from fourth to fifth grade. You, yeah, I am. Yeah. So talk a little bit about your um, fourth grade and, um, you know, what were maybe some of your your victories and maybe some of the challenges that you had there. And this was your final year at Penn Hills Elementary, right? No, I'm going 
I'm staying for next year, oh. but then two years from now, I'm moving into the middle school. Yeah, they, they moved, changed. They it. moved fifth grade back from Linton okay. to uh, um, to uh, to Dyble. <laughs> that's that's what I was right, calling. I right. went there uh, to elementary. What two years ago? I think so. Wow, yeah. I've lost track. Wow. Well, okay, that's cool. So you don't mm-hmm. have to d- worry about that. You don't have to worry about mm-hmm. transitioning schools. Yeah. But now you're going to be like the oldest in the school too. Yeah, so. I'm. I'm really excited. Um. And last year for fourth grade, I was really proud, and I am proud of myself for um, finishing every quarter with straight A's and finishing wow. out the year with straight A's. Heck yeah. And there were a couple times when it got to a little under an A, mm-hmm. but I was able to get it up, and yeah. You worked really hard. Yeah. And it wasn't just your grades that you worked really hard at. Um, you were also doing some other things um, throughout the year, too, weren't you? Yeah, I was, well, two things. I was doing chorus and orchestra. Mm-hmm. And I played the violin. Um, and it was really fun to learn a new instrument. And... Learned some new things about singing that I didn't know. Um, so that was fun. And a lot of my friends were in chorus and orchestra, so I wasn't alone, um, which made me feel much better about it. Um, yeah, because being alone is the worst. Right? Yeah. It always helps when you're not alone. <laughs> and that's the whole reason why we do this podcast. <laughs> So you felt a good sense of belonging in yeah. in doing those group activities. Yeah. And it was nice that you were back in class yeah, after it, it two really was. tough years, right? I mean, COVID, those years were probably kind of tough on you. Yeah. I was, well, in third grade, it was optional to be virtual or like actually in the building. And I think like halfway through the year, I decided to go back after... Mm-hmm. Um, virtual. Do you remember the exact phrase or the exact sentence that you used with me to let me know that you want yeah. to go back? I was like, I want to go back because I need more human interaction. <laughs> you said I crave human interaction. Oh. <laughs> right. So that's an incredibly self-aware thing for you to understand that you were feeling alone and, uh, you know, you needed that, that sense of belonging, you needed that stimulation. Um, and so, and you expressed it well. Well, and yeah. acceptance and attention are two of her highest needs on yeah. her list. Would yeah. you say, Abby, anything from fourth grade was a challenge? Or did you, do you feel like you cruised straight A's, no problems? Um, or even if it wasn't like classwork, anything during this past year that you're like, mm, this was a little tough, this was a, a challenge, or this hurt a little bit to get through? In school, I feel like... It was kind of tough to, like, make up my makeup work because I was absent a lot because I was getting, like, sick and stuff. And vacations and yeah. going away. And, like, when I was gone, makeup work had just piled up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I couldn't get it in on the due date. And it was frustrating because my teachers would get kind of frustrated with me. And I don't like it when I frustrate people. So mm-hmm. it made me feel bad mm-hmm. and just, like, upset. That's interesting, because you touched both on, like, sort of the the utilitarian part of it, the, the, the work part of it, that, like, okay, this was just, it, there was a lot of work to do getting caught up, and just the annoyance of, okay... I was sick a lot this school year, yeah. right? But then you're also thinking about how is this making other Feelings. people feel mm-hmm. and how am I affecting the you know, the people around me? Right. Yeah. And especially on top of that, we also had homework like every day except for like when we were out of school and on Fridays because we never had homework on Fridays unless it was like clean out our folders or whatever. Or study for a test on Monday or something. But we pretty much always had homework. And that just made the makeup work worse because I had more work to do. And the 
um, homework was due the next day, so I had to figure out and manage when I could get that done. Yeah, you had some late nights, or I mean, yeah, there there were some nights that I I felt like I had to call it and be like, mm-hmm. you know what, we'll we'll just do little this. sleep's more important than yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was frustrating. And speaking of managing, um, there was I think something that started to develop maybe towards the second part of the year with within your friends, um, where you started to see some things in some friends that um, started to give you some challenges and you had to figure out how you were going to um, to handle those friends or that friend who you love dearly but also were starting to see yeah. some things. You want yeah. to talk about that a little bit without naming names? Yeah. Yeah. So there's this friend who I've known for like several years now. Mm-hmm. I think since like the end of kindergarten or like the middle of kindergarten – and she's gotten a little clingy and frustrated if I talk to one of my friends that she doesn't like. Like, I have some friends that she judges, and it gets me frustrated because they're my friends. And whenever I want to talk to them at school, she always looks at me and with, like, a frustrated face. And I don't like that. Because they're my friends, and I feel like, yeah, we're friends, and you may not like that friend, but they're my friend, so I can talk to them. And it wasn't like she didn't like them, and I became friends with them. It was like, from the beginning of the school year, I was pretty much friends with them. And then she started to not like them because of how they acted, but they were, like, really nice to me. And it got me frustrated because she would just get mad at me for talking to one of my friends that was, like, a good friend to me. And I just didn't like how she judged my friends and, like, the new kids. Like, I swear last year that we got, like, a whole bunch of new kids that joined the school later and as soon as they came into the classroom, she judged them. Mm. And I feel like you should always get to know someone before you judge them because you don't know what they're like if you just judge them on their looks. So that got me really mad. That makes so. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did how did you how did you handle that? What did you do? What steps did you take? Um I didn't stop talking to the friends that she didn't like, but I I still talked to them, but just like a little less and tried to talk to her that they're my friend and I can talk to them if I want to. And you don't necessarily have to like it. You, but, to- you told this person that? Yeah, but I wanted to hang out with them at school sometimes because... They had, like, no other friends at school, and I wanted to be their friend so that they weren't lonely. And she just kept saying, yeah, well, I don't like them, so, like, just try to talk to them less. And I was like, I will, but I'm still going to talk to them. And, like, your opinion can't always affect what I do. Like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And you can't allow if I can do that or not. Um, yeah. Because, like, you can't control what I do. I can see that you're even now just talking about it. You're, you're a little, you, you can tell that you're a little bit upset. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that can be a tough situation yeah. when you are in the middle of something, right? And like you, you're trying to be the reasonable person, mm-hmm. and there's there's people on one side. In this case, just one side being unreasonable, and you're trying to manage that. In addition to people who need things on the other side of you as well, and you're trying to to be there for them. That it's yeah. being in the middle between two two sides is never easy. It can be a tough place to be, especially when you love this person also, yeah. and and have a. A rich, good history with this person. Mm-hmm. 
And there were two kids that I was friends with, and she was friends with them too, especially this one girl. Like, we, all three of us were, like, best friends. And then the other girl, she was, like, nice to me, and I was nice to her, and we were friends. And my, like, best friend and the other girl were, like, friends, but they weren't, like, friends' friends. They were, like, they'd talk, but they wouldn't, like, tell each other everything. And she didn't always want her sitting at our table at lunch um, when we had cafeteria days. Do you think that your best friend may have been feeling scared that if you got other friends, you might not be her friend anymore? Yeah, I feel like I saw that a couple times. Her being scared and, like, reacting out of fear? Well, not scared, but, like, she just didn't want to lose me because we had been friends for, like, so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, she just... We've known each other for so long that she didn't want me to abandon her from other friends mm-hmm. that I hadn't known for a while. Yeah, there's times in life where people react out of fear and you may be the only life preserver that they have. You may yeah. be their life preserver. And a lot of times we've, we've talked about this recently in previous weeks on the podcast where um, you can be around people that are, are drowning and they will um, they can pull you under or, you know, really, really hurt you because of their their fear and yeah. you know of, of being of of losing you or something like that yeah and sometimes i'd see that she thought that i couldn't have other friends yet she had other friends mm. like i couldn't have other friends that she didn't know and that like if she hadn't met them she had to approve of them before we really got to being friends meanwhile she had other friends Mm. and i felt hurt from that because Uh it was like she was giving me like she was telling me something but she wasn't following what she was telling me double standard yeah it's called a double standard Mm -hmm. yeah and that can be very frustrating it can be very disrespectful you know what i have appreciated so much though is throughout this whole year um you have shared about it though you have talked to us and you have sought advice and you know shared your worries and your frustrations with us and kept that communication open with us um so that we can you know help you work through it and not not like what should I do every time? But gosh, I just need to be heard. I just need to get this off my chest. Yeah. And um, that's so healthy. And that's that's such a good way to, to approach it. So we're going to talk a little bit about our relational needs questionnaire. And Abby, I know you took it. When did you take this test? Um, I think it was a couple of days ago. Okay. Think. I think it that's was good. like... Saturday or Friday. I think it was Friday morning. Yeah. Okay. And that was your or first time Thursday taking night. it? Yeah, Thursday night. Thursday night. Was that your first time taking the, yeah. the questionnaire? Cool. Yeah, it was. What'd you think? It was good. It was long. Yeah. But it was good. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's longer than it I think used it's to 50 be. 50 questions. And it's more detailed, which yeah. of course gets better results. So that's always a good thing. But let yeah. me let me before we before we move on, let me just say that she took it entirely by herself. She didn't yeah. neither of us prompted her to take it. Yeah. She just Decided oh. she wanted to go take this questionnaire. <laughs> well, that was, was timely. It was, was very timely. I was like, I've heard them talk about it a lot. So, like, I might as well go take it and see. So, that's what I did. Yep. And as being 10, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only are you our youngest guest on the podcast so far, you're probably one of the youngest people to take the relational needs questionnaire. Mm -hmm. So um, as a kid, if I may still call you a kid, a (laughs) preteen, 
your scores will probably change some mm-hmm. as you get yeah. older, but that doesn't mean that your scores right now are any less real or mm-hmm. less important. Like right. these are your scores right now. Like this is how you are yeah. feeling about um about all of these these needs and how they impact you and and um as a 10-year-old. So when you took this, did you and I forget cuz it's been a while since I've taken it. Does it introduce the relational needs before you take the test or does it just talk about them afterward? So you take, you answer the questions and then when the email is emailed to you, that's when it, it gets into what the actual okay. things are. So you are. take it sort of a blank slate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So did you, did you get the email result? Yeah, but mama read it to me. Okay. Um, I didn't, I got it, I think, but I didn't read it myself. Sure. There's a lot to like, to process yeah. and to, to sort of digest and all of that. Um, so you have some high scores. Some of your high scores are yeah. acceptance, attention, and support. Yep. So what do you think about let's let's go with acceptance first. Acceptance would be <sighs> that you feel a need for others to accept you even if you have done something wrong. Yeah. Right? So just sort of like Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a situation. What would, what would a situation be? <laughs> well, like like with her teachers and the, and the homework. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, she she had anxiety. She had pressure because she wasn't. Um, uh, Jay might say something completely different, but um, you know, to me, that's are you still going to accept me even though right. my homework isn't hasn't been done on time or or right. maybe done as well as I thought it would. Yeah. Be. She felt a pressure to be accepted in that situation despite like the difficulties with yeah, yeah with getting things turned in or so, like if um we're in class and i got picked on to answer a question like if i raise my hand and the teacher picks on me and i was really confident in my answer and i say my answer confidently but it's wrong i don't want people to make fun of me for it mm-hmm. i like that scenario wow. that's very yeah yep. that's really good I mean, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that example. That's a, that's, example. Yeah, that's a really Absolutely. good one. Well, that's cool. Well, how about, let's see, attention. Oh, we just talked about this on the on pod a couple weeks ago, too, how attention is like the black sheep of the emotional needs. Like that mm-hmm. is people can have a hard time with someone who sucks up all the attention. Now, you don't strike me, Abby, as somebody who sucks up the attention in a room but what do you, what do you think it means in your the way that you might enjoy attention or, or crave that um, uh, relational need? I feel like sometimes I just need to be heard, mm. and like if I'm telling someone something, I need them to give me their full attention so that I know they're listening, and it doesn't feel like I'm just talking to a wall. Because mm. sometimes people can say oh, what's wrong? And then you explain everything to them and they weren't even listening. Yeah. So th- so then you're like, do you have any advice for it? And then they just don't give you an answer and you feel disrespected by that. Mm-hmm. So that also ties in with respect, which it, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about that because um, you were surprised that your re- the, the, the respect wasn't a higher yeah. need for you. Yeah, I feel like I need a lot of respect, but it's not like, give me respect. And I'm like, I need respect, but it's not super noticeable. Like, it's not like, oh, that girl needs respect. It's like, once you get to know me, you know that I need respect and that I get really hurt if you disrespect me or are just rude to me. And don't understand that you disrespected me because, like, you don't apologize if you hurt me. And I feel like I just need you to apologize to me because it hurt. And I need them to understand that it hurt me mm-hmm. so that they don't do it again. Right. right, and that apology is part of that respect factor where you feel like, yeah. okay, you're acknowledging mm-hmm. something happened here and just acknowledging you and your 
feelings, that's part of respecting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. Now, I was um, when I saw the results. What did not surprise me was that your need for encouragement is incredibly low, while your yeah. need for support is mm-hmm. one of your highest. Yeah, and definitely. so, again, the difference between encouragement and support is encouragement is saying, "Hey, I believe in you. You can do this." Mm-hmm. Whereas support is, "Let me come and physically come alongside you, mm-hmm. and and help you do this." And um, I always that didn't surprise me because I think about the example of you used to have a very, very messy bedroom and it was really, really difficult for you to get started. I would say, Hey, you know, your room needs to be cleaned up and you would say, "Mm mm-hmm. And then (laughs) why? Yes. father, It it would get 10 times dirtier. It seemed like from my perspective. But what I found out was I couldn't just say, Hey, Mm-hmm. you're going to go do a great job cleaning that room. That room is going to look spotless after you're done cleaning that room yeah. until I went in there with you mm-hmm. and said, let's, let's take this little pile here yeah. and put it away. Mm-hmm. Then you would, you would get on a roll yeah. and yep. going in and, and helping you get started. Yeah. Even just sitting on your bed and being physically being there with you uh, was, was drastically different than, yeah. than, um, telling you you could do it yeah because being supportive doesn't mean you have to actually physically be helping but just in some way even yep. if it's emotionally just helping like just, just yeah like presence of, yeah. yeah and to turn that around you display that i am you know doing classes online you know to finish my degree and last quarter i had two assignments left two assignments left and <laughs> I didn't have to do them in order to keep my A in those classes. I could have just let them go, but I I need to finish my last two assignments. And I had told Abby, it's kind of the running joke, it happens every quarter, but I told Abby, I was like, I have two assignments left. And, she's, and I was like, I'm going to go do them. And she came up and she sat next to me on Aww. the bed. And she's like, she's like, all right. She's like, I'm here. I'm here. You can do it. And then she sat there with me for a few minutes and then she's like, all right, I'm I'm still up here with you, but I'm just gonna be in my room. But I'm still up here with you. But this is great. Yeah, Abby, what were you thinking? Like awesome. when that was like when you before you headed up to to sit with mom. Like what what was your thought process? Um, I knew she'd need a little bit of emotional support to just like get started because sometimes you don't always need support like physical support to start something you need someone to be like i'm here with you and i'm keeping new company if you need something i'll be there i'm not just abandoning you to do this i'm like sitting here with you and i'll hear you through if you need trouble if you have troubles um Lex, I can't remember all of your emotional mm-hmm. needs scores at this point. Where are you with encouragement? Um, I don't think mine is as drastic as Abby's, but I know my support is higher than encouragement. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I've realized that mine is situational. Mm-hmm. If if I already know I can do it, then clap for me and encourage me <laughs> but but there are some things that are like a little more hands-on more physical or it's yeah. like please pitch in and help me out you know yeah. i've yeah. so so it is a little more situational for me but support is higher than encouragement for me a lot of times now as as you know we've been doing this for a while but as, as an adult looking at abby as one of us looking at abby was there any anything in these results that may surprise you Chris, looking through here, does this kind of line up with what you know about Abby? Um, I think the only thing for me was the respect. I thought that would be a little bit higher. Yeah, I dare say that the two of you know the ins and outs of of her uh, emotionally better than than I do. So Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't say that there's anything that is surprising. As I glance over them, um, I feel like it gives me, though, a little bit better understanding. Mm-hmm. Which is always, I mean, that's the, that's the point, yeah. right? Yeah. But no, so I can't say surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to um, piggyback off something that you said earlier, Chris, about um, how emotional needs change. Oh, yeah. Um, because, and I mentioned this to you, Abby, <clears throat> earlier, when we were talking about them, when she was younger, um, like three, four, five years old, 
if she hurt herself, my initial instinct, which had always worked with Ethan and every child is different. If, if she hurt herself, my instinct was, oh, let me hug you. Are you okay? I'm going to, you know, dry your tears and kiss your boo-boo. She did not want that. Mm. She wanted to scream it out, cry, <laughs> you know, no, I'm hurt. I'm not okay. Oh, wow. You know, it was, I want the world to know I'm in pain. And yeah. um, so she wanted, she did not want the comfort at all and now like it her current comfort rating doesn't surprise me because she does want the hugs she does want the the emotional comfort um but it is it is very interesting how yeah. that, that changes over time yeah and i feel like i am surprised about my respect and security because i thought my security was going to be a lot higher but mm. it's only a five interesting why did you think it'd be higher i just feel like it's a big need for me. Mm. Like, yeah, I just feel like. What would you call it? Like when you say it's a big need for you, what in your life would you say, oh, this is security to me. This is what I need. Like, I feel like. Not like just comforting, but I feel like comforting is a big need of security for me. And like not physically or mentally hurting me like you don't want to be physically or mentally hurt right like if someone hurts me like with words i get really upset Mm -hmm. and it takes part of um, my security away Hmm. and like i feel like if someone does something that they know irritates me and have told them about it before (laughs) they (laughs) and they do it it makes me really irritated i could see that being a security situation Mm -hmm. because if you've talked to them about it before Mm -hmm. and yet sometimes it keeps happening then every time you're with them Mm -hmm. maybe there's that little grain of thought in the back of your head where you're like oh is this gonna be one of those days where they do this thing or what's Mm -hmm. the stability of that relationship yeah yeah can i count on that person Mm. that Mm is good stuff abby really and so on that note i mean you are a kid who which i mean most kids don't get this when they are so young you're a kid who has grown up um especially the past you know i'd say the second half of your life right of like your parents and your parents friends doing a lot of relational needs talk and helping and you know being there for each other and being there for you and um and we've had open discussions about it in our house for yeah. a long time mm-hmm. so so what's it been like like what do you see when you see your parents and I know these are the only parents that you that you see up close you know you're you're Although, you know, if you're at a friend's house or something, I suppose that's different, too. You get yeah. to, to witness some other types of relationships. But what do you see when you see your parents um, together in a discussion? Does that ever, as you get older, does that ever start to to pop out in your head? Like, oh, I see what they're doing there. Oh, I see that, that dad is addressing mom's need for security or whatever it might be. Yeah, I don't really see it often because, like, they never really fight or anything. Um, but, like, sometimes, um, they don't bring it up, but I can see that sometimes one of them gets hurt by something just even little that the Mm -hmm. other one says. And, like, I don't have any specific memories about it, but I've definitely seen it a little. Yeah. That's awesome. So your parents never fight. That's good to know. Well, at least I don't hear them fight if they do. But I don't think they do. Well, and there certainly aren't screaming matches, right? Oh, definitely Which, not. So that goes to show that when there are, because there are always disagreements in a relationship, right? Definitely. That always happens. So, but that goes to show that whatever they're doing to try to to get through those disagreements is probably more productive because screaming at each other in anger is definitely. probably one of the least productive things you could do, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And we do we do have disagreements, um, yeah. but also we we are we we do recognize that there 
you and Ethan are, are both in the house and, you know, some things aren't your business that we need to put on you. So in the, in, in talking about sense of security, we never want our problems mm-hmm. to be something that um, becomes a scar or a hurt for you. You know, we try to be very aware of that. But I think what um, it, with this question, growing up in a house where um, you know that emotional needs are practiced, how do you feel like maybe you have an advantage over um, other kids or, or even other adults? Um, so some kids in my school, um, they like just randomly bring up that they're going to their mom's house and like they live in their dad's house and they talk about how their parents are divorced from fights and I feel like I'm very lucky to have parents that don't fight and like I'm just glad that like you guys respect each other Mm -hmm. but do you do you feel like we've also practiced these things quite a bit in the house and like Mm -hmm. i call them they're teachable moments where you know something happens and you take a pause and say okay and then then you 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 learn like we always talk about our house being a safe a safe space Mm -hmm. for us to make mistakes with each other um I think there's a lot of houses out there where there is no safe space. Yeah. And so the the relational, uh, you know, these emotional needs that we've been talking about, not just in the podcast, we've transferred them into the house. Um, would you say you feel like the, that we've done a good job with being able to handle those kind of a things? Definitely. Like we try to do that with um, <clears throat> like you and Ethan. Like, you know, Ethan, well, we know he takes away your sense of security sometimes. Yeah doing things that you don't like him doing well you do the same to him sometimes you know uh, irritating him and you guys have your disagreements and we try to bring the emotional needs talk into that so you can see how it's really affecting each other to help you guys be stronger do you abby do you ever feel alone in a bad way and if so what do you do in those times um if i ever feel alone Um, like, I don't have anybody. I try to find someone that will listen and just sit there with me. Um, Mm. it could be mama or it could be you. Mm -hmm. Good. But, yeah, I, I usually don't feel alone. Yeah, and the reason I ask is you spend a lot of time, we talked about this this morning, you spend mm-hmm. a lot of time in your bedroom yeah. alone, but that's like a good alone. That is a content alone. Yeah. That is a creative kind of alone. Yeah. But when you're feeling like a hurtful kind of alone or a scared kind of alone, you're saying you try to find somebody that will join you mm-hmm. so that you don't feel alone. Yeah. Mm, that's very good. Um, so being young and very observant and incredibly yes. self-aware, what sort of lessons have you learned about life and relationships and adults and people your own age just Um, kind of that's a big question since you're like since you're like young and so you kind of you know you can like watch from watch from you know when people aren't real realizing you're watching what kind of lessons have you learned from that vantage point um well a lot of times at school um Kids don't really ever fight, but like I see, I see that they have disagreements. Like if we're in partners or groups, they have disagreements, and then one of them just like works on their own, and they don't try to do anything about it. And I see that they were hurt by it, but they don't try to stand up for themselves. Mm. Mm. and they just like go somewhere else and try to work um so you don't see a lot of people working out their emotional needs in your school in your classroom uh, is what you're saying not really mm-hmm. do you ever now and that was gonna my, i was gonna say sort of along those same lines bright like abby do you see though anytime kids who are like oh you say you say, oh, they did a good job comforting that person, or oh, they seemed like they really cared about what that other person was feeling. You ever see things like that? 
No, not really. Wow, yeah. That, that could be tough. As it, I, I was, you know, she's heading into fifth grade. That's a tough time, yeah. emo- mm-hmm. like peer-wise mm-hmm. and everything. You know, that is, woo. Yeah. Um, Sounds like you are handling it very well. Yeah. Well, and, and even just your ability to, I think, understand um, what you were talking about, respect and disrespect, like... That's a big thing for you to have learned. And I think you've learned that and observed that through, I mean, you always see a lot of the times us as the four families together, you you, you hear, you know, especially Jay talk about it at church sometimes, you know, emotional needs. And so I think you've absorbed quite a bit, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways that you might not even realize yet. So that's, that's a big question to ask. Um, a lot of people feel alone and don't understand what you already do. From your 10-year-old perspective, what advice, knowledge, wisdom, and or warnings would you give to kids your age? We're going we're gonna to ask two different kinds of people. Kids your mm-hmm. age, what advice, warnings, wisdom, what could you pass on to kids your age? Um, well, I could say I've seen that a lot of the times I'm more mature than kids my age. And um, a lot of the times... I say, well, I don't say, but I give advice um, to kids having a hard relationship with their friends um, that if their friend or whatever is mad at them and they ask for some space, that you should respect that and give them some space and you shouldn't, like, try to invade them with apologies because that could make it worse. Mm. Because, like, if they're, like, no, I need some space. Please, mm-hmm. like, leave me alone for a kind while. Kind of like what Mama was saying. When yeah. you used to get hurt, you wanted space. Yeah. You didn't want comfort. Yeah. And um, sometimes I've seen that there are kids who ask for some space from their friends for a little bit. And their friend's like, I'm sorry. What did I do? What did I mm-hmm. do? Mm-hmm. And the other friend's like, dude, I need some space. Can mm-hmm. you, like... <laughs> Can I just sit at my desk mm-hmm. and you go back to your desk because I just want to be alone for now. So, so you started to be able to see those teachable moments where you can also you can step in almost in like a like a um, an advisor role, a mentor mm-hmm. role, somebody that has wisdom to be able to help your your classmates work through some of these things because you understand what clicks and sometimes what doesn't Mm -hmm. click. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Same question. What advice would you have? There's a lot of adults listening that are, are, are listening because they're looking for advice. They're looking for wisdom. There's a lot of adults that are looking for how to relate to their kids. Mm -hmm. Like we, like we're relating to you. And there's a lot of adults that are looking to hopefully develop somebody like you who can be that person to their friends. Do you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for the adults that are listening to this, what, from your perspective, what, what advice, what encouragement, what wisdom, what warnings would you give to them in order for those things to happen? Mm. I'd say observe things closely. Um, and if something goes wrong, then you can try to help. But if you see that there's something that you can't fix or you can't heal or help, you need to learn that... Um, you can't help that, and sometimes if you try to help that, then it could just make it even worse, and then sometimes even the smartest people can't fix it. Um, now I don't really have any examples for that, and it's kind of and it's kind of hard to give advice to adults because usually, like, I'm not the one giving advice, so. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to give advice to adults. No, I I get what you're saying. And I think that goes along a lot with what Jay says about 
not giving facts, logic, and reason. <clears throat> you know, when mm. you're when you're coming up alongside someone, sometimes you just need to join them where they're at. You don't always need to fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that was very wise. And I would chime in with um, the other thing we say a lot: facts, facts, logic, and reason is one of our trifecta trif- trifecta. Uh, well, I just lost that word. What is that word? Trifecta. trifecta? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of our trifectas. Um, and another one is to be open, honest, and vulnerable mm-hmm. in our communication. And like I think, Abby, you would agree. And we, you know, when you are an adult, a parent, communicating with your child, it's very important mm-hmm. to be open mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. honest. And even as a parent, to mm-hmm. be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Because when you show some vulnerability to your child, then I think when they see that, they know that those lines of communication are truly open. You're mm-hmm. not putting up any walls. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that doesn't mean your child has to know everything that's happening in your adult life, but it does mean that in your mm-hmm. communication with them and your relationship with them, you're being open mm-hmm. and honest and vulnerable. Yep. Yeah. And I think that we have always tried to treat you with the respect mm-hmm. that you are a. Uh, you, you're your own person and you're uh, very capable of having very real conversations, even if you might not understand everything at the time. We, we try to, t- to, 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 to talk with you and, just, and to communicate with you as if you were just a small adult. As, and, and sometimes there's adults that I talk to that I'm like, man, I wish I was talking to Abby because she would get this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Abby, do you have any final before we wrap this up? Do you have any final thoughts? No, not a- really. Any last thing you want to say to everybody out there? No. <laughs> <laughs> she well, got it all out because everything else she said was like so awesome. Yeah, uh, it was really great to have you on the podcast. Um, I think that you gave a lot of unique advice and wisdom and perspective on what we've been talking about as adults for a long time on here so that's going to do it for episode 163 please make sure to give us a like or follow on social media and listen i was on facebook today and there's three likes on our facebook page there's Uh just three people that have liked our facebook page so well, thanks, we, thanks to those three people. Well, thanks to those three people, but we say it every, at the beginning and end of every show. Please go give us a like, a follow on social media, and visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, like Abby did, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table in, for Lunchtime in Rome. Bye. 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 You just get to meld into it, you mm-hmm. know? Like you just... Uh. Only take it till it feels better. Yeah, that was a big pebble. Yeah, that was, that was a, a big pebble. Yeah, that was a big one. Got to clean out all those toxins. I mean, we've had so many different colors of mac and cheese. Trifecta, trif- trifecta, uh,